We've been in a series of messages on relationships. We're getting close to the end. We'll be talking about it today and next weekend, and then we'll go into Fourth of July weekend. And uh, we'll follow that up with a new series for the summer that uh, we're really excited about. I'll say something about that uh, in just a few minutes. This has been an, an important series for us because we know that how we feel about our lives has a lot to do with our relationships. When our relationships are good, we feel joyful and feel good about what's going on. But when our relationships are unhealthy, when they're broken, it just sucks the joy out of life. It really does. And there's a reason for that. It's because God created us to be in relationships with each other. He created us to be connected with each other. He created us to be connected with Him, but He created us to be connected with one another as well. We need to make sure we're doing everything that we can to make sure that these relationships are in the condition that God would want them to be in. So what is that condition? Well, there's a trait, a characteristic of every healthy relationship. It's called a relationship that's experiencing unity. So everybody say the word unity with me. Unity. Good job. I've been asking you to read out loud with me uh, the key verse for this series every week. So I'm going to ask you to do that again with me today. It's in Psalm 133, verse 1. It says this. Let's read. How good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. Isn't that true? I mean, things are good when we're unified, when we're at peace, when things are healthy. But things are not good. They are not pleasant when they aren't. So what can we do about it? What we know is that none of us have the ability to make anybody do anything. We can't change other people. All we can do is to work on ourselves. So that leads to the question that we've asked every week. It's a very personal question that we should ask of ourselves. It's this. Would I want to have a relationship with me? If I were someone else, would I want to have a relationship with me? We need to be the people, the type of people that we could say, yes, I would want to have a relationship with me. And if not, what do I need to do to be that person that I would want to have a relationship with? If we would want to have a relationship with us, hopefully other people would want the same. But we have to do what we can to be that person. And when we are, we influence other people to also be that same type of person. Who we are rubs off on other people. What we do and what we say rubs off on other people. What we do and what we say has a bearing on, again, the strength and the health of the community, of the connection that we have with other people. So what we've been doing is been learning how to have that. We've been learning about the different stages of a relationship, how they go from a healthy relationship to unhealthy, and how they work back to being healthy again. And I want to remind you about those stages. On your outline sheet, this, there's some questions about each one of these stages. It's already filled in for you. You'll see the illustration of it uh, here on uh, the screen. Just as a quick reminder, we want to be in the godly stage of the relationship. That's the healthy stage. And there's a question that's asked at that stage. And the question is this, how can I help you? I'm asking, how can I help you? You're asking, how can I help you? And if we're helping each other, we're doing what we can to serve each other, and it's healthy. The problem is we begin to believe that life is about other things rather than helping other people. We become confused, which is the second stage of the relationship. We start asking a different question. How can I help myself? 
Instead of how can I help you, now I'm asking how can I help myself? And the influence of Satan in this world is trying to get us to look to ourselves and to stop getting us to look at other people. And we start thinking in that way. It's about me. In fact, we begin misdirecting our love. That's the third stage of the relationship. And that's the question, who do I love? Do I love me more than you or do I love you? I mean, what is the status of my passion? What is the status of my love? What happens is we go from people who live to give to others to become people who live to get things from others, to get things from the world. And when we start living for those purposes, we know that we've misdirected our love, which causes problems, the problematic part of the relationship. It's the polar opposite of the healthy relationship. This is healthy and works and fulfills its purpose. This is a broken relationship. Why? It's because I'm doing things for myself. I'm doing things that are self-centered, and I'm doing things that hurt other people. And when we begin to hurt each other, then things happen in the relationship. We begin to have bad attitudes in the relationship where we become bitter and angry toward one another in the relationship. That's the reason for the question. How do I feel about you, and how am I harming you? That's the question. Well, now that we're at the low point, it's broken. What can we do to correct it? We need to resolve the problem, which is the resolved portion of the relationship. We begin doing what's necessary to overcome the problems. I have to understand the other person that I'm in a relationship with. Why are they who they are? Why do they do what they do? I need to reconcile the relationship. In other words, I need to, to care about this person. I need to confess my failures in the relationship. I need to do everything that I can so that this person has confidence in me in the relationship. I need to be forgiving in this relationship. I need to be willing to forgive, not only them, but forgive myself for the things that I've done wrong. All of that has to happen for the relationship to be resolved, which leads us to the final stage, which we'll talk about today. It's the redirected part of the relationship. We misdirected our love toward ourselves. Now what we need to do is to redirect our love toward other people to make sure that we're doing things in the relationship so that the relationship can be strong. Hence the question, what can I do to strengthen the relationship? Once we've resolved these things, once... All of these problems have come out, and we've started working toward making correction of all this. What can I do to make sure that this relationship is going in the right direction, is becoming stronger, so that we can be healthy? That's what we're going to learn today. I taught you about the broken part of the relationship, the problematic part, and the resolution part of the relationship by looking at what Paul said to the church at Colossae. Obviously, there were people in their church who were having relationship problems. I want to use that same scripture to teach you today. Listen to what he wrote. Colossians 3, beginning in verse 12. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another, even, excuse me, to forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. That's the characteristic of a healthy relationship. It's unified, right? Let the peace 
of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace. And be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. It's through that same passage that we learn what we can do to help strengthen the relationship. First thing that we need to do is to continue to work on the areas of our life that have been a problem. So number one, let's fill it in. We need to do what's necessary to be better. I need to look at myself and to figure out where things have gone wrong and start working on that to make sure I continue to improve. There are some questions associated with this. The first question is, what are my failures? Okay, where did I fail? How do I know where my failures are? Well, there are a couple of questions underneath that main question. What did I do wrong? What was it that I did wrong? Where did I not reveal love for other people? That's where we do wrong. Let me say that again. Where we don't show love to other people is where we do wrong. So where in my behaviors and what I said and what did I do, did I not show the other person or reveal to the other person that I love them? What did I say that was unloving? What did I do that was unloving that didn't help but, don't, but brought harm to the other person? What was it? There's another question. Why do I do wrong? Why did I do that to start off with? Well, the answer to that question was, is this, that I was thinking about myself and I wasn't thinking about the other person. I need to ask a question before I do anything in my life in regards to my relationship with other people. How will what I am about to do affect the life of the person that I'm connected with? How will what I'm about to do affect this person that I'm in a relationship with? What will it do? I need to stop and ask that question every time before I do it. In fact, our stopping and asking the question, how will this affect someone else, says a lot about our love that we have for other people. Because I don't, I'm sure you probably have known people like this. I would say that I've been this person, that I've done things without stopping and asking how this was going to affect anybody else because all I was concerned was about myself. I didn't stop and ask a question. I wasn't even thinking about the other person. I just did what I wanted to do, and it had a negative effect on other people. If we're serious in our relationships, we'll always stop and ask the question. So before you're making decisions, are you stopping and thinking, how would this decision affect so-and-so? It's your wife, your kid, your coworker, your friend, your neighbor, your whoever it may be. Are you stopping and asking the question? You're never going to get better until we start asking the question. Here's the second main question about this. What does success look like? Now that I see my failures where I haven't been showing love because of how I've spoken or what I've done, what would it look like if I did the right thing? Some questions under this. What is the right behavior? What would I be doing if I was behaving the right way? Y'all remember the old bracelets that people used to wear all the time, the WWJD? bracelets. Y'all remember those? What would Jesus do? Y'all, those were great bracelets. The problem was, I think they became a fashion thing instead of reality, that we actually would ask the question when we were faced with things. 
It was supposed to be a reminder for us to ask the question of what would Jesus do? The reason why I bring that up is because the right behavior is what Jesus would do. If Jesus were in this situation, what would he do? Well, what would he do? I want you to look at this next question because we see the answer to that in the question. How will others be protected or become better? Success looks like me doing what Jesus would do. What did Jesus do? Everything Jesus did, he did to protect other people, and he did it to help them be better. It reminds me of the connection, the relationship that he had with the adulterous woman who the people brought to Jesus and and, uh, brought her to him and said, Jesus, this woman was called in adultery. Uh, The law says we should stone her. What is it that you say we should do? And Jesus knelt down on the ground and wrote on the ground. And then he asked him the question, uh, whoever is without sin, cast the first stone. Have y'all heard that, that story before? Why did Jesus do that? He did it for... He did it to protect this this woman. He did it to protect this adulterous woman. He cared about her. He knew that the decision that he was about to make would have an immediate effect on this person. So when we think about what we're doing, is how is my decision going to help protect this person to make sure that they're okay, that that they're healthy, that they're all right because of what I do? It's not just the protection part, but it's also the to become better part. What am I supposed to do in this situation? What can I do to help this person, their life be better? If I show love to them, if I say encouraging things, they'll be better. If I say discouraging things, they'll be worse. If I do selfless things, they'll be better. If I do selfish things, they'll be worse. It's all about making the other person better. That's what success looks like. Everything I do, I do to protect you. Everything I do, I do to make your life better. And I've got to work on making sure that it happens. There's a third main question. What must I do to be successful? I need to make sure that I am committed in how I manage my life so that I do these things. So that I overcome those areas of my life where I've been failing. So I stop being selfish. So I start doing the right things. Well, what do I have to do? One of those things is I need to dedicate time. You look at your relationships. We're overcoming these problems. I'm looking at my role and what I've done wrong. I need to keep working on my part of this. What do I need to do? I need to make sure that I am spending the time necessary for me to get better. I love this scripture. It's found... uh, In Ephesians 5, it says this, Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity. I need to make the most of the opportunities, the time that I have, in order for me to improve in my life, so that I become who Jesus was, that I act as Jesus was acting. I need to commit my time to do that. For some people, the reason why the relationship broke apart was because you weren't spending time with each other to start off with. One of the things I taught the very beginning of this series was there's a definition for the word love, and love is defined by the word time. Love equals time. I spend my time doing what I love. Therefore, if I say that I love you, then I'm going to spend my time with you. My time says something about how much I love you. And if this has been the issue and the problem in the relationship with the two of us, 
We need to start dedicating time to be with each other in order for the relationship to grow. But we also may need to dedicate some time to do what we need to do to fix our problem and our self-centeredness. It takes time to do this. So how do I do it? Here's another way. To partner with dedicated people. I need to partner with people who can help me be better. If I'm serious about this relationship, if I've opened up with you and I've confessed to you that this is what I did wrong and this is what I did wrong and I was honest about my selfishness, I need to be willing now to make the commitment to find the people around me to help me be better. And it says something to people about how serious we are about the relationship. You may remember when I was talking about reconciliation and how we how the, the relationship comes back together. We have to care about the other person. We have to confess what we did wrong to the other person. But the other part of it is there has to be confidence that what we're saying is true and it's sincere. I'm saying to you, this is what I did wrong, that I'm sorry for what I did wrong. But the way people have confidence that we are sincere about what we did is that we actually put behaviors behind what we said. We do what we said we're going to do. We make sure we're getting the help that we need so that we don't do this anymore. I would encourage you, if you're struggling with some issue in your life, I would encourage you to find some people in your life. You need someone who has the ability to help you overcome your challenge, whatever it is. If you've got anger issues, if you've got this issue, this issue, whatever it is. If you've got financial problems and you keep spending all the money. If you've, I, I could just go through a bunch of stuff and I'm not going to do it because it's too stressful. All right? All these different things that we can have. I need to find that person who's going to come alongside of me and commit the time I need to for that person to help me overcome this. And the other thing I need is I need somebody to hold me accountable to do the right thing. If I'm serious about the relationship, I'm going to be doing those things. I can just it, just, it just makes common sense. If you tell me that you're going to change and don't do anything to change, I'm not going to believe that you're going to change. You're not doing anything that has proven that you've redirected your love toward me. You're still just concerned about yourself. Final part of this, dedicate time, partner with dedicated people, and to get with the program. We need to get with the program. We need to make sure that we are involving ourselves in things that will help us be better. Uh, I, it's uh, a great weekend, I guess, to promote something that we have that's going to be starting uh, in the fall after Labor Day, in the middle of like, the second week of, of, of September. We're starting a new thing, a new ministry here at our church. It's called the Woodland Academy for Adults. Doesn't that sound exciting? We've got these Woodland Academies for other things, but we're starting a Woodland Academy for adults, and it's going to be mostly on Wednesday nights. We're going to be having classes. It'll be on a semester-type system where you'll uh, choose to get a part, to become a part of one of these classes to go through this. And we have different schools that we're going to be putting together for this. We're going to have a school of finance. We're going to have some classes that are all about finance, that if you're struggling in your financial life and it's caused issues in your life, we want to help you understand how it is that you can become godly and how you deal with your finances. We're going to have a, a school of, of health and fitness. We're actually going to be doing classes on health and fitness to help you in your nutritional life and your fitness life to be physically healthy, to be the person that you want to be. We're going to have a school of leadership. 
And in leadership, we want to help you be successful in your place of business or wherever it is that you may be. And we're going to have courses on leadership to help you be a better leader. We're going to have a school of family ministries, which is all about parenting. We're having a whole track of classes that we're going to be doing that are just for you as parents to come to these classes to help you learn how to be a better parent. Have you, you realized this? As parents, we have relationships with kids, and they're messed up. Do I have a witness out there from anybody? Right? Could it be that the parent may be messed up? It goes both ways, right? We're doing things in order for us to help you get with the program to help you be better, to be better in your relationship with others. We already have something already in place right now through our marriage ministry. John and Rochelle Ward, who oversee our, our marriage ministry, you do a great, on Wednesday nights, an amazing way in which you can get engaged to be a part of something that's going to help you get better. This is the thing that I, as a leader, believe. I believe that no leader should tell people they should do something without giving them a way to do it. That's what I believe. And that's the reason why when we say these things about relationships and these areas that are causing stress on your relationships and other things, we want to give you a way to get better. Y'all, I'm excited about this. It's going to be awesome. Let's look at the second main thing that we need to do to strengthen the relationship, to do what is necessary to act like God's chosen people. There are certain things that we need to do every day to make sure that we're prepared and ready to have healthy relationships. Let's look at uh, where we find this. Again, it's found in Colossians 3, verse 12. Therefore, as God's chosen people, that's the statement. We're to, we're to act like, or we're to do what's necessary to act like God's chosen people. That's where it comes from. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. We're to put on these things. We're to act in this way. What does that teach us about? First thing that we have to do is we are to be blameless. So when I get up today, I need to say, today, God, my goal today is to be blameless. The word that's used in the scripture is the word holy. Everybody say the word holy. Fantastic. It's the word holy. Look at the scripture. It's found in Psalm 15. Lord, who may dwell in your sacred Sacred tent, who may live on your holy mountain, the holy mountain, the one whose walk is blameless. There's the word. Who does what is righteous, who speaks the truth from their heart, whose tongue utters no slander. We're not saying bad things to other people. Who does no wrong to a neighbor and casts no slur on others. We're to be the people to say, today I need to make sure that what I do, I do is blank. Nobody can blame me for the problem in this relationship. How do I do it? We do everything that we just learned in number one. We make sure that we're finding the help that we need. Second part of this, we are to remember that we are dearly loved. That we are dearly loved. Y'all know who I am about the royal family? Some of y'all do if you've been around here a long time. I don't, I don't know why Passmore is a very British name, so it's my heritage, even though I sound like a southerner. I feel like it's in me somewhere, okay? It's a British thing. Have, y'all, have you heard that there's been struggles in the relationships between Meghan and Harry and the rest of the royal family? Is that a shock? Have y'all heard of any of that? One of the things, they've done a couple of things that the rest of the royal family has not been very happy about. The reason why I think about this is they came out with a statement 
And one of the statements, because Harry and Meghan had said, you know, these are some things that had happened. The queen came out and said this, though recollections may vary, they're still dearly loved members of the family. There it is right there, right? They're still dearly loved members of the family. And I thought, you know what? That is a great example of this very ideal. I don't know if Harry and Meghan did what is right and wrong. I think they were completely righteous in everything they did, but that's just my opinion, okay? All right, it's just how I feel. All right, who knows if they did or not? But here's the deal. We should have the attitude, whether you are holy or unholy, you are still dearly loved. That's basically what the queen said. We don't agree with what they just said, but they are still dearly loved people. Here's the reality in our relationship with God. We are not always holy, but God still dearly loves us. If you're excited about that, say amen. Here's the thing that we need to do every day. No matter how people treat us, whether they are holy or unholy, we have to have the same feeling about those very people. You are dearly loved. Do y'all get it? For us to keep working toward health in a relationship, I have to continue to feel that way about people. This has a name. It's called unconditional love. It's only the unconditional loving people that can find restoration in this way. Here's something else. We're to dress for success. It said in verse 12, all of the different things of compassion and kindness and humility and gentleness and patience. And after it said that in verse 12, in verse 13, it talked about forgiveness. In verse 14, it said this, and over all these virtues, and when it says on, on over all these virtues, it's talking about the compassion and the kindness and everything that he just mentioned. He said this, over all these virtues put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. So here's the deal about us every day. I have to put on the virtues of God's love. The word virtue literally means moral excellence. That's what the word virtue means. He used the word virtue in the scripture. Put on all these virtues, all these, this list of things, put on love. In other words, this is where all of this stuff comes from. When I love people, I am going to do what is morally excellent. I am going to behave in this way. So what am I supposed to do? I am to put these things on every day as I face my relationships. First thing, look at it. It's compassion. To understand there, if somebody is behaving in an unholy way toward me, okay, I get it, to understand their misfortune and have a desire to alleviate the suffering that it produces. To know that if people are treating me in an ungodly way, they're doing it for a reason. And I want them to be better and overcome whatever it is that's causing them to behave that way. Every day, I need to pray and ask God today, help me be compassionate. Here's the second thing, kindness. Kindness is do good by being considerate and helpful. Every day, I need to be praying, God, help me in my relationships with others to find ways in which I can do something good and helpful for that person. It's a virtue. It's moral excellence. Third thing, humility. Know that who we are is dependent on someone else. 
The reason why I put it in this way is because in pride, we think that we don't need anybody else. And when we think we don't need anybody else, we treat other people like we don't need anybody else. Let me just say to you, we all need someone else. We all need God, first of all. None of us would be here without him, and none of us would be the people that we are without God. And God brings people around us to help us improve and to help us be better. I've um, been trying to get in a little bit better physical condition, and uh, I have started playing tennis. So I've hooked up with this guy's name, Justin uh, a local guy's lived here forever, and he's been teaching me how to play tennis. So we were out on the courts uh, a couple of weeks ago, and I was feeling really good about myself, y'all. I was hitting some fine shots. Not all fine shots, but I was feeling really good about uh, how I was doing, thinking, oh, man, I'm really getting improved, I'm improving. And, and then I, I stopped, and then there's this little kid comes up, and his name is Otis. And he said, Justin says to me, he said, Tim, if you really want to know how to play tennis, watch this. Says, Otis, come here. So he goes out with Otis on the court and he starts hitting balls back and forth with this 13 year old kid named Otis. Every shot was in. Every shot was, it was crazy. And I went up to Justin and I said, Justin, humility has a name and his name is Otis. <laughs> I have just learned. I think that I'm all this. I am not all this. There's a 13-year-old kid out there who's so much better than me, but that 13-year-old kid can teach me how to be better myself because we need each other. Y'all, is that good or what? We need to look at it in that way. Next thing, gentleness. To do things gradually without being severe, rough, and violent in order to repair and not break. This is what I need. God, today, give me gentleness. God, help me, not treat, help me to make sure I don't treat people in this way. If I am harsh with someone, if I am severe, if I'm rough with someone, if I'm violent with someone, I am telling them they are not valuable. We handle things with care that are valuable. So if I treat people in these ways, in harsh ways through what I say or do to them, I am saying to them, I'm communicating a message to them, you are not valuable. So God, help me today be gentle. Here's something else. It's patience. To be calm without annoyance, complaint, or anger. To allow people to become better in their timing. God, help me today. This is moral excellence for me. Not to expect them to do things into my timing, God, but God, help me to be patient. Help me not to be irritated with these people, annoyed with people, complain to people, be angry at people with them because they're not living up to what I expect them to do. God, give me patience. Every day, if every person in every relationship put on compassion and kindness and humility and gentleness and patience, we would have zero problems in any relationships. We would have no problems because we would be treating each other with moral excellence because of kindness and love with each other. So I just want you to just let these things marinate with you just for a minute. How compassionate have you been? How kind have you been? Have you been prideful? Have you been feeling like you don't need other people? Have you been treating people in that way? Have you been speaking to people in a harsh, cussing people out or saying mean things to people or doing things, irritating with people all the time. All of those are the opposite of who it is that we're supposed to be. Final thing, number three, and we'll be done. To do what is necessary to help the other person be better. Again, the main question for the stage is what can I do to strengthen the relationship? 
I need to do what's necessary to help the other person be better. I talked about what I need to do for me to be better. I talked about what I need to do as far as the behaviors that I'm to live out, like Jesus, of compassion and kindness and gentleness and all these different things. But God has called me to bring peace and to help other people be better. So what does it look like? Verse 16, let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. Let's fill this in really quick. What do they need in order to overcome, grow, and thrive? The first question, where in their life do they need to be better? That's what I need to figure out. What do they need? Second question, what do they need from me? What do they need from me to help them overcome and grow and thrive? Let me tell you what they need from us. First thing, they need our wisdom. It might be that we have knowledge in certain areas of their weakness that we can use that knowledge to help them be better. We do it to serve them, to help strengthen them. They need our wisdom. And we need to be willing to invest our time to help them in this journey that they call life. Second thing that they need is they need honesty. Where do we see honesty from? Well, in the scripture, it used the word admonish. The word admonish means to counsel against unhealthy behavior as we encourage toward fulfilling duty. So when I admonish someone, I am being honest with other people about their behavior. I'm being open with them about what they're doing that's unhealthy. I'm willing to talk with them and to confront them in a godly way to help them see those areas of challenges in their life. I have to be willing to do that. Now, there are so many relationships that are never going to get fixed because the people in the relationships aren't willing to be honest with each other about what they see is wrong in the other person. They're not willing to be honest with them about it. And we, they, people need that from us. I don't want to hurt their feelings. I don't want to, you're not hurting their, you're hurting their life. You're robbing them of joy by not giving them information that they need. What else do they need? They need a positive attitude, which comes from gratitude. It talked about gratitude in your hearts. We have gratitude in our hearts toward God. Why do we have gratitude in our hearts toward God? We're grateful that we have a relationship with God. We're grateful that God would want to have a relationship with us. This is, where, this is what people need from us. This is what people need to sense from us. They need to sense that we're grateful that God allowed us to have a relationship with them. If you've got a negative attitude about somebody, nobody feels like you want to have a relationship with them. You're so negative to me. You have such a negative attitude. You don't even want to be around me. You don't want to be. People should never feel that way, ever. People should always feel a sense that we are grateful that God has allowed us to have a relationship with this person. Is that hard or what? It is hard. But it becomes hard when we become more concerned about what's happening to us instead of what we can do to help them. I'm going to ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes right now. What is God teaching you through this? 
it's been an incredible, y'all, all of us deal with relationships. We've all gone through this cycle with some types of relationships, whether it's friends, whatever it may be. I, I don't know what it is for you. But it may be for you right now that you're, ju- you're going through some real challenges. And I want to and just encourage you in this. Maybe you've started the reconciliation, all of this stuff. You can't stop now. You have to keep going. You have to do the hard work that brings health to every relationship. I want to encourage you. I hope you'll keep this outline with you or you know, on your, it's on your phone or if your piece of paper or whatever. But I want to encourage you to be praying daily about these virtues to put on every day. That God, today God, please give me compassion. God, help me be kind. God, help me be gentle. Help me be patient. All of these different things. God, today in all my relationships, help me have these virtues of your love on me every day to make sure that we behave the way Jesus did. But for some of you, you've got problems that you need to overcome that have been selfish, that have been causing the problem, and you've got to do the hard work to fix it. When you do, that's when people will start having confidence that you really do love them. That you're willing to change for the good, for the good of their health. It may be today that you don't have a relationship with God. We would love to help you today if you don't know Him. It's the most important relationship you could ever have. We'd love to talk with you about God because God unconditionally loves us no matter what. He's always there for us and He desires us. At the end of the service, back in the back to my right to your left, there's a single door with a glass window. We're going to have somebody back there in just a moment. We'd love to answer any questions that we can to help you any way we can in your relationship with God, whatever it may be. Please head back there. We would love to help you in this. It may be today that you're a believer and you just need to spend some time praying. As I pray, I'm about to pray in just a minute. As I pray about what God is convicting you concerning your own life and what you do with your time from this moment on to make sure that you're the person that God wants you to be. Let's pray. Father, thank you for what you've taught us. I pray, God, that you'd be with us. As we leave this place, God, I pray that we would remember these things that we've heard. And I pray, God, that, again, it would just resonate within us. God, I pray that I would just stop and think every time, God. Convict my heart, God, every time before I do something about how is this, how is this decision going to affect my wife, my kids, my friends, my coworkers, my neighbors, whoever, God. I pray, God, that I would have them in mind. I pray, God, that you would clothe me with compassion and kindness and, and that there would be patience and gentleness and humility, God, all of these things, God, that, that I need. I pray, God, that this would become a lifestyle for me. Help me to be loved as you are loved. And help me to help people see you. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen.